Now you are on the clock. Hey everybody, it's Darren Armani from FantasyMojo.com. I'm here with Todd Burrows from Run to Daylight Podcast. And we're going to review a BB10 best ball draft that I did last night. It is one of the um, the drafts from their $50,000. Um, they're calling it the best bowl tournament. Um... So, these drafts are separate from the traditional best ball tens that they have. Um, the tournament itself has is confined to 500 leagues. There's 6,000 teams potentially in that um, tournament. And to give you a little bit more background on... Um, the prize structure for this particular tournament. It's a very top-heavy structure. Only 16 teams are actually going to get paid out um, in cash. First prize is $20,000, and the 16th team gets, uh, I think, $100. So it's it's a really top-heavy um, format. And I tweeted about it last night, and I said, basically, when you draft these teams, they're almost disposable because... The most you can get from winning your particular league is ten, a ten dollar credit. Um, so there's really not much motivation for a person to to play it safe. I think you have to really kind of go wild um, and try to come up with some sort of contrarian team that will, you know, put you in the money. And the other thing is they're breaking this tournament. They're actually having three versions of this tournament. So this. And right now, the, the phase is, is um, it's before the NFL draft. Then they're going to have another tournament after the NFL draft. And then they're going to have another tournament once um, training camp starts. So this is, I, it, the idea there is, I guess, to create some parity among the, the player pool. In terms of when it's what, what, what you know, what what are the roles and um, and and even like what teams that they're going to be on at that time of the year? Because I think what they saw last year, I guess, was it with Todd? Was it the the draft best ball tournament where people who drafted earlier seemed to have some advantages because they were getting Tyree Kill really early, and then well, that was that was one of the the big uh, Twitter. Um, controversies during the year. I came down firmly on it's, you know, there were some really smart people who said it, it's not even worth drafting teams uh, because of Tyreek. And it turned, you know, it turned out not to be true, but it, it does really balance it out a little bit. And hopefully they tweak this tournament because based on it now, I, I can't see investing a lot of money trying to play the lottery trying to win this thing um there's a couple things that they don't have they don't have the app they 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 have this thing so top heavy 
and then they don't have it progressive. It's just the most points uh, scored for the year. So they, they really are doing it a lot different than draft, which doesn't make a lot of sense to me because the draft contest was so popular. You would think that they would want to do something that was popular. Um, so uh, I will be doing some. I have done some, but I certainly am not going to go crazy, and I won't get close to maxing this thing. Yeah, I think the max entries is 150 per person. I don't, I don't really have a handle on whether it's filling um, at the rate that they had expected it to. I, I I did go back and look at the the draft history for the drafts. It looks like Mike Beers is playing in a lot of these. Um, he might be maxing it out, but of course that best ball tens is sort of his specialty. That's in his wheelhouse. Um, it's gonna fill. It's gonna fill. It's up to one. I just joined one that's uh, a, a day or two ago that was number one eighty seven, and we still got two months to the draft. So. You know, it. I, I can't see this. You know, five hundred leagues not filling. Right. Um, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. And of course, it's still early in the season, in the draft season. I mean, you the second phase will probably be much more popular, just because the the drafting population is is you know going to be a little more active than right now. It's just really the the most hardcore people doing drafts. Um, yeah, the same people in almost every. Yeah, draft. that's the other thing. So, um, but anyway, so in this this draft, and I kind of just joined it at the last minute because um, I was looking to stream a, a, a live draft in the FFPC ones. They they haven't been filling um, every night at this point. So I was like, okay, let me just do one of these because I hadn't done one yet. And then when I looked at the owners in the draft room. The only person I recognized was, uh, was beers and like, they have like the badges, um, to kind of represent the experience level of the players. And I don't think any of the players had any badges. So, um, it's, there's some guys that I uh, recognized. Hold on. Let me pull it up again. I, I, I'm not seeing the names on what you sent. Um, and there's no names on this page. Um, uh, hold on. Uh, so I know Sully. Okay. Um, I know you, and I know Beerswater. Yeah. So uh, it is. It's a. It, it's a kind of interesting thing, and the and there was some real interesting roster constructions. Do you want to kind of talk about um, the ideal way? Because best ball ten has always been my uh, bread and butter. Mm-hmm. And, you know, do you want to talk a little bit about how you would normally attack one of these drafts uh, and then maybe uh, talk a little bit about how I'm going to mix it up uh, to try and chase a top prize? Sure. So I guess in terms of roster construction and a lot of the data that's out there on best ball tens, um, you know, the win percentage and the win rates and whatnot, um, I haven't seen that. Actually, um, for like yeah, I know I I I know it off the top of okay. my head. So historically, the best year in and year out um, construction is two quarterbacks, five running backs, seven wide receivers, three tight ends, and three defenses. 
Um, that is kind of the gold standard. Um, I had a lot of success uh, a couple years ago with two six, uh, two six seven three and two defenses. And I think that's the second best construction. Um, but I think you also have to play the draft board, and it is it's certainly acceptable to have three quarterbacks in these, um, five or six running backs. Uh, if you want, you know, we're talking about you know the ideal. Uh, seven or eight wide receivers, two or three tight ends. Uh, I always, if I take one of the top tight ends, like a Kelsey, a Kittle, or a uh, Ertz last year, I'll only take two tight ends. Mm -hmm. And I do a lot of two defenses because I've always felt that I study defense more than most people. And if I can, you know, identify a couple 17th, 18th round defenses I feel really good about, I, I'm going to have a big advantage. So uh, those are, you know, but the the two five seven three three is the gold standard if you're doing regular uh, MFL pens. Right. And you know, before we we sat down to talk, I printed out all of the uh, the roster constructions for the twelve teams involved in this draft. So looking at what. What Mr. Beers did, assuming he's the most savvy player here, he went two five eight three two, so uh, he's just slightly off. He took, um, he went with the two defenses, and applied that extra spot to the wide receiver position. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I, and I think that if you're going to cheat, like I said, cheating down to two defenses is the best way to do it. Uh, and taking a shot somewhere else. I think, uh, you know, if you're just going to use, you know, there's a couple ways that you can differentiate in these tournaments. If you're just trying to differentiate with roster construction, then I think you can get weird with like four running backs, uh, draft them early, uh, or draft uh, six running backs, uh, and, you know, try some different things. Um, you know, I don't think that that alone is going to get you where you need to go, though. Right. I mean, ultimately, it comes down to the players that you select. Um, but you could, like you said, you can kind of cheat and overload at certain positions. It's and give you give yourself another shot at maybe a, a, a sleeper that comes out of nowhere and is somebody that you roster that in this format, you know, could put you in that that uh, that winning prize pool at the end of the year. Um, so, okay, well, the yeah, I, I, I've got a strategy that I'm going to employ here. And basically I think, you know, if you study win rates, which I have for best ball tens for f four or five years now, I've done articles on it and where you really get the best winning percentage is with your first and second round pick, especially if you get a synergy with your first. And if you can find a way to get a top five performance out of your first and second, each of your first two picks, you know, get a, uh, that's when you really um, supercharge your teams. And then the other thing that really supercharges teams is that late round running back that, 
you know, that guy who wins the job that we weren't expecting. So one one of the things that I'm going to do a lot of in this tournament is I'm going to look for the Tony Pollards, the the Madison, the guy, the guys who, if there's an injury ahead, you know, the guys who can pay off their draft spot and their ADP and aren't going to hurt you uh, if they they don't get an injury. But I I think that that's how I'm going to attack this tournament. I'm going to go light on, you know, I'll take one stud running back and then I'll, I'm going to look for, you know, that guy who can, you know, typically if you find a guy in the 10th round or later who ends up being a top five or top seven uh, running back, you can, you know, that's also a way you can supercharge your team. So I, I think that more than a roster construction tweak is more the way that I'm going to try and differentiate. Right. And that's, you know, last year it didn't seem like that approach really panned out, but it, maybe last year was an outlier, you know, because if you remember drafting, um, I guess if you take the football guys' championships drafts, I mean, people were, it was Darwin Thompson, it was Justice Hill, and, and everybody had, was banking on those guys, and they basically turned out to be dead spots. But that was just, it seemed like an anomaly because none of the, or very few of the, the top running backs ended up getting hurt, um, at, at least when you needed them to. I mean, Dalvin Cook ended up getting hurt, but it was so late in the season that you were, you know, it hadn't happened for you at that point. So if it doesn't happen, you know, in the first half of the season, it, it's, it may not help you. Um, well, one truism that you're going to find every year is that people chase what won the year before. And John Connor won the year before. So what ha- what ended up happening is guys like Pollard and Madison, um, Daryl Henderson, those guys who were 16th, 17th, 18th round draft picks uh, this time of the year through the rookie draft, they started going in the 6th, 7th, 8th round and, you know, even if you hit at that point, you know, that's one of the things I did wrong last year. I fought, you know, I started getting in with a lot of these high stakes guys. And, you know, I, I, I think I over mimicked some of what they did. And, you know, in the sixth round, it's much harder, even if you get that injury for that guy to also crush. You're, you, you know, you're almost drafting them near their ceiling. Unless the the injury happens very early in the season, you know what made John Connor so valuable was that Lev Bell held out the whole season. So I, I think what's going to happen this year, and and it is happening so far, is now people who got burned aren't as likely to do what didn't work last year. So I think that the overall strategy is a sound one. Uh, I use this expression, don't Wiley Coyote it. If you ever remember the old cartoon where he would chase the roadrunner off the, you know, off, off, you know, and they'd be in, in midair. Uh, don't chase those types of things uh, beyond where, where it makes sense. But right now, Pollard and Madison, 10th, 11th round, I think both those guys could pay off reasonable value without an injury there. And then if you get the injury, that's when you can they could be really valuable. Right. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, a lot of the drafts that I'm seeing this year, people are pushing up the running backs, the top running backs. They're going 
it's very it's, I, I'm seeing more running back heavy starts than what you're talking about where that that's maybe along the, the lines of some people who are doing the zero um, RV and, and, and going after those those wild cards in, in the mid rounds um, well that's all the more reason if you're trying to get to the top of a tournament like this and, and again we're, we're talking two different things right yeah we're ta- we're we're talk we're talking trying to get to the top of a very top heavy tournament. So I I think you really have to ying when everyone yangs, and when you mix that with you know you you, you know these none of these are high uh, probability finishes, but you have to pick which low probability finish you're going to put your money on. And I think solid drafting, solid roster construction mixed with, you know, this time of year, what's what what's very valuable this time of year, especially now before free agency, free agents are very valuable because we don't know where the landing spot is. Uh, other than, a, you know, there's a couple guys like Kenyon Drake is being drafted at the top of his, uh, uh, you know, at uh, what I believe is his ceiling. But you know, you can always find a couple free agents who people don't know where they're going to end up, uh, and then and then of course the rookies. Um, some of the rookies, like I've been drafting AJ Dillon, and I was kind of disappointed he did so good at the combine. Uh, I've been drafting Anthony McFarland. I think those are guys whose tape I liked. Um, so I'll take a different shot on one of those guys. You know, as my fifth or sixth running back in every one of these drafts. Right. So, it's because of the top-heavy nature. You know you're going to have to do something sort of out of the box, but whether it pays off or not, it's really out of your control. It's just that the the, the dominoes have to fall the right way, and um, you know, put you. And 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 that's the other thing. If I was, and I'll probably do about twenty of these. So I'll play, you know, I played a couple of them straight. I'll probably do, you know, about two thirds of the ones that I have left with that strategy I just mentioned, but I'll mix up the running backs. I won't pick the same running backs, you know, Pollard, Henderson, Madison, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll make sure I get one or two of those guys. There's a couple others uh, that are worth doing it with. Uh, but I, I would recommend that you, you know, take different shots with different. It, I wouldn't have a lot of the same guys between the tenth and the twentieth round. I would, you know, I would mix it up a little bit more. And same thing with the first and second round. I wouldn't. I, you know, that's one of the big no-nos that I screwed up last year and paid for is getting oversaturated early, going top heavy with certain guys and. Being well, every I mean, this is more of a general best ball thing, but if you've got 25% of Antonio Brown and 17% of David Johnson, like I did last year, you're not going to have a good year. Um, it, it, and so I would say first and second round pick 15, 15% really should be your ceiling. Uh, if you really like a guy, have fifteen percent. If you really don't like a guy, have three to five percent uh, ownership of that guy. I don't do the Nelson, 
uh, it's a different animal uh, drafting season long. But for best ball, I don't completely fade uh, very many players. Right. It's it's a risky approach, and that, and and going through last year's um, FFPC results, like I gather statistics on what were the most favorable um, roster constructions, and then what I'll actually do. Which I'll go in and I'll look at the drafts. I'll I'll dive deeper and I'll say, okay, this this kind of off the wall roster construction, you know, maybe like a, a two, four, twelve, three, you know, something like that. That not a lot of people um, actually applied, but it had like a very high win rate. And I found one that was like a thirty percent win rate. And then when I dove into the teams, there. It was clear to me that it was the same guy drafting it over and over again. All of the draft and and I guarantee you, he hit like I mentioned that year I had really successful two six seven uh, three two. Well, I had Rex Burkhead in a ton of seventeen, uh, eighteen, nineteenth round as my sixth running back, and and that was the year he had a great year for New England. You know, if if you take a weird roster construction so that you can get a certain player late and that guy is the guy who hits. So my point is that that, you know, that can really screw up uh, the numbers in a in a small sample size of one year uh, based on hitting one or two guys who happen to be there that might not. You know, the guys who replaced Rex Burkhead late the next year didn't do what Rex Burkhead did. And I didn't have, uh, I, I had about half the success that I had had the previous year in my two, six, seven, three, two right. line. It's not the construction. It was the players that you had in it. And in this case, it was both. Yeah, It was both. Um, but, and that's what makes it tricky. People want to be black or white with things. And a lot of times this is gray. And I think roster construction is far more important in best ball than it is in an FFPC season-long league where you have waivers. Uh, I, I think roster construction, I think the main thing is that in general, uh, for season-long leagues, I only want to have uh, one quarterback, one running, one quarterback, one defense, and one kicker. Uh, because I, I want to take more shots to to get the James Conner, but in a um, but other than that, you know, like last, but then you can't be dogmatic about it. In the hard way draft that you and I were in with all the these top guys, I took a second quarterback because he was clearly the best value on the board for me, and it was Lamar Jackson. So, you know, I ended up almost winning the league doing something that normally I wouldn't do. Right. So that's why I say being dogmatic, you know, people come to you and they say, well, how do I do this? And, you know, there's some basic rules, but you, you, you know, you never want to draft a guy who's, you know, two, three levels below another guy just for roster construction. Yeah. So, well, we'll, we'll see how this goes. Um, so let's let's get get into this draft and just we'll just um, touch on each team and comment on what what we think what we like what we don't like um, and uh, again it's so early like 
you know, when you see people coming out of these drafts, you're like, oh, I had a great draft. Or, I mean, nobody knows. I mean, it's just way too early to have any sort of realistic um, gauge on, you know, whether the players that you selected are going to pan out or not because of the injuries and you don't know where the rookies are going to land. So, but like you said, roster construction, you can screw yourself with roster construction. And I, I think we're going to see that with some of these teams here. Like, I can't... The, fir the, the first team. Yeah. The first team completely screwed themselves. Right. That I mean, they went with a 3-8-4-4-0-1. Now, is there a chance being that weird works out? Yeah, there's always a chance. But basically, you know, he, this guy's going to war with A.J. Brown, Stefan Diggs, and Keel Harry and Deshaun Jackson in a format where he's got to start three wide receivers every week. The chances of him hitting are so astronomically low. I mean, to me, that even with Christian McCaffrey, and, and, and to add insult to injury, you've got Christian McCaffrey on your team. If anything, I would have went three, um, you know, three, three, eight, not three, eight, four. Yeah, because, and I see this so often this year, I don't know why it is, Getting Christian McCaffrey in the draft is—it seems like such an advantage. But then, more often than not, when I look at the, like a, a team in the draft that kind of did something really bizarre, it's just—it's a team at number one. So I see all these Christian McCaffrey teams kind of being um, going to waste because of, of you know what they did after the fact. So I, it's just—I I don't. In, in, in general, right now, I'm not loving who's there at the turn. Um, this guy took Singletary and AJ uh, Singletary and uh, AJ Brown. I would have taken Mike Evans and uh, Moore uh, myself, but um, or 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 Mike Evans and Galladay or DJ Moore and Galladay. Um, but it, it's just mind-boggling. You know, there there's a real dip in value. I would say after Chris Godwin. Yeah, definitely. Really, Julio. Once you know, once you you know, uh, Julio is t is just jumping out at me value wise in the mid to late second round. Everyone else in that area has way more risk. Yeah, every year people, you know, they they don't. You look at the numbers that Julio puts up, and then they don't seem to be respected the year after. He always he always ends up, you know. He 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 varies widely. I mean, sometimes he goes in the first round, but he does go late in a lot of, in a lot of the second rounds. Um, as well, well, you 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 look at that team, and Austin Hooper's leaving. So, you know, the chances that they find a third weapon that's that good. Uh, Sanu is gone now. Ridley, you know, everyone talks about this help uh, Hooper leaving helping Ridley, but it helps Julio too. Right. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, I, there seem to be questions. It, but, and then the running back is a question mark, too. I mean, maybe it's a team thing. There's just a lot of uncertainty with the, with the Falcons in general. But Julio, I mean, he's the no commodity, so he, he should reap the benefits. Um, yeah, and it's much easier to get a rookie running back to contribute than a, a rookie wide receiver. So, But, yeah, I mean, so you have to start three wide receivers in this format. To come out with four, I don't care who you got. That's just, you blew it. Um, because you're not going to be able to cover. He took Joe Burrow instead of John Ross. As a third, as a third quarterback. <laughs> as a third, I mean, 
you know, let's not spend any more time. Yeah. I mean, that te- I, I, I'm sorry, shoe three sixteen, whoever you are. Um, but uh, gosh, um, yeah, we'll we'll match no. them out. So, but that's good for me yep. because you no, know, that's one less team I have. to – Well, actually, again, you're not you're not doing this to win your league. You're doing it to to win the tournament. So it doesn't even matter if you if you win your league, pretty much. True. Um, but uh, you want to go to team sure. two? So team two was that was uh, Beers Water. And he had, like I mentioned earlier, two five eight three two, um, and he went Saquon. He, he got he got. He, I mean, he did. Looks like he did it right. He he went four strong. Um, I love his first seven rounds. Yeah. I, I I would argue I don't like Josh Freeman and Josh Allen, where he took them. I'm um, not crazy about Hunter Renfro. I think Breeze is good. And then he catches back up with Ross Doyle and Irv Smith. Herndon, good defenses. Kenny Stills late. Uh, but I really like his first five rounds. You get Saquon. And again, this is what I mean about who you get should affect how you draft and then he comes out with four dominant wide receivers. DK Metcalf, I think, is probably going a little earlier than I would like. But one thing's for sure is he's going to put up big games. And, you you know, when you've got Evans, DJ Moore, and Keenan Allen, um, you're not counting on – you don't care about Metcalf having a, a three-point or a five-point week, you know, if he gives you five or six 20-point weeks. Right. You're not relying on him. So you're just going to reap the rewards with when he explodes. Um, yeah. And then I, I really liked uh, Geis. I, I like he, – he, he, you know, he really didn't have a good 40 time. But I do like uh, the LSU running back. I, I don't I, – I, Devonta Freeman is a really hard guy for me to draft right now. We don't know where he's going. It's very, very possible that he just doesn't do much. Uh, you know, David Johnson a couple picks later, Ronald Jones a couple picks later. I, and I know Beerswater uses a uh, – he might not have been there. He uses this thing called Lemon Bot. Um, oh, really? That's interesting. Yeah. Because he did – yeah. The team was uh, – they weren't present, so they actually auto-picked Barkley at the beginning of the draft. So maybe that has something to do with it. So. Yeah. I, and I, Like I might have gone Cam Akers or David Johnson. If I was going to go running back there, um, I don't know that I would have when I had Barkley, Geis, and Hilaire. I mean – and then he, he took Josh Allen. So, you know – I don't know. That, I, I'm not crazy about that. But in general, I like his roster construction. I love his top five. I love his top seven rounds. And when if you get your top seven rounds right, you got a lot of room for, uh, you know, error. Yeah, exactly. You can uh, you can freestyle a little bit, and you can um, like his tight ends: Jack Doyle, Irv Smith, and Chris Herndon. I mean. I think that's I think that's a very if you're going late tight end, uh, you're looking. Yeah, I think those are three really good late tight ends. Right. They're all cheap and they could all potentially, you know, produce very well. Uh, well, and 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 Ebron is going to be gone, right. so Jack Doyle, especially if they get a better quarterback this year, I I, I think Jack Doyle is a good value in the thirteenth. Right. And again, we don't know what's going to happen with free agency or what rookies are going to happen, so. As of today, 
it, it looks good with the knowledge that we have today. Um, but the yeah, and and also the likeliest scenario, uh, tight ends. You know, even if they took a first or second round tight end, tight end is one of the slowest positions to to have an impact. So even if they go out and draft someone uh, in Indianapolis in the first or second round, that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to hurt right. Doyle. They're not, they may not contribute. So last year you had Fant and, uh, and Hawkinson. And Hawkinson came out of the gate strong, but then he kind of he faded. But and those were like premier guys. We don't even have you know tight ends like that this year. Um, so. Yeah, I'm not. I haven't watched any tight end tape yet, so I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, okay, so Beers is Beers is a candidate, um, and then we have my team. He could he could win the he could definitely win this league. Okay, he could get ten dollars. I mean, that would be outstanding. Ten dollar credit that would be outstanding. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I, I mean, right, right. But uh, you know, uh, you know, again, a guy like Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Or guys, you know, if they end up doing what they could, mm-hmm. you know, now you've got four great wide receivers. Josh Allen is a spike weak quarterback. So I mean, I, I don't see it as a tournament winning team, but I the tournament winning team could smack me in the face right now and I might not yeah, see it. You don't know what it's gonna be. Um so okay. Uh so let's move on to team number three, which was was my team. And I yeah, I, go ahead. I, I saw your comment, and I disagreed with your comment. I thought you had a very strong draft. Yeah, it, it was it was a solid draft, I thought, but you know, it, it didn't feel like, and, and I don't think you're going to know. You know, like you said, it's, it's you're not going to know if that's going to be the team that wins it all. I, I tried to inject some of these. Um, so let me, some of the guys that I think could outproduce expectations, um, if Fuller comes back I and mean, if that guy can stay healthy, I mean, that would be amazing. So ninth round for him is again, in his best ball format, you're rolling the dice, but if he stays healthy, I mean, he could, he could way outperform his draft capital there. Um, you could have all three Philadelphia running backs this year too. Um, why do you think? Well, we got Sanders. I, I, D- Dylan, Dylan is exactly the third type of back that Philly wants in a three-back system. You know, they want that guy who can get them the one-yard touchdown. Um, so you've got the two, and you you might have the third. Uh, I, what I love about your team is, you know, uh, I'm not crazy about Sanders in the second round. I, I, I hate to call it a homer pick because he's going right where you took him. Uh, but I like Taylor in the fourth. I love Henry in the seventh. I think he's one of the best values on the board in the seventh round. Uh, Marvin Jones and Will Fuller in the eighth and ninth are high upside guys. I'm I'm a Giant fan. I'm not on Daniel Jones as much as a lot of people are. I think that this Neanderthal coach that they hired is going to, you know, and you add it to Jason Garrett, who has played with the slowest pace of anyone, and you add in Daniel Jones's uh, turnovers, and I think you're going to be looking at a much more conservative team than what we saw last year. Uh, I love the Baker Mayfield pick. 
if you had taken Mayfield and Goff, man, I would have loved that. Scott is a tremendous pick in the 12th round. Olsen's a good second uh, good second tight end. Justin Jefferson, James James Washington in the 15th is is perfect for this format. A.J. Dillon is a great 16th round pick. I don't like your defenses, and I don't know why you spent a pick on Cobb, who, you know, I'm looking for guys who are going to get me that, uh, you know, when you talk about upside, um, I just don't, I mean, like, I would have taken Antonio Brown there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, give me, you know, in fact, I might take Antonio Brown in every one of these drafts, you want to win a lot of money. If Antonio Brown plays eight to ten games and you get him in the eighteenth round, I mean, that's a friggin' no brainer. But other than I thought you, you uh, yours is my favorite draft. Hmm. Well, those are kind words, but <laughs> we'll we'll see. I, yeah, I wasn't that. I, I, if I had to do it again, like I don't. Other than Jones, other than Jones, I I just think people are underestimating what's most likely to happen with the Giants. Yeah. So Antonio Brown actually went into 18th, and I, I had streamed this draft, and I was talking about Antonio earlier in the draft, but um, you never know when people are going to take him, you know? So uh, 18th round, I mean, why not? It's not going to cost you anything. It's, it's You got nothing to lose at that point. So, Oh, especially in this format. Yeah. So he's like, he's he's... He correlates to when Tyreek, when everybody thought Tyreek Hill was not going to play, and then people were just grabbing him. You know, he was going like in the eighteenth, twentieth round. So it's kind of a similar thing. The guy played one game last year on New England and scored three touchdowns. Yeah. I think it was. Right. I I mean, you know, you're talking about the former number one pick in the whole draft, and yeah, uh, you do you want. You know, I was willing to take 25% of him in the late second round last mm-hmm. year. Um, that bit me in the ass. But, uh, you know, you have, to, you have to be like a good cornerback in uh, fantasy football. You got to shake off your mistakes. You know, it's not the same thing drafting the guy in the 17th, 18th, 19th round, especially in a tournament like yeah, this. Not, not much to, to lose in doing that. So we'll see. I mean... God, I don't know who would sign a guy, but it's it's still possible. Teams get desperate, so and he has been relatively quiet lately. Like he had the, he, he's the he's he's one of even with everything, he's still a top five wide receiver in this league. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, teams put up with all sorts of. I mean, I I understand, it, but it, you know, history is if you're talented enough, there's going to be a team who gives you a chance. Yeah, these guys they'll they'll come back. Um, Can you imagine him with Andy Reid and Mahomes? Oof! It re- take uh, replacing Watkins. Andy Reid. Andy Reid has the perfect personality for a guy like that. Yeah, he's got a history of the reclamation projects with uh, with Michael Vick and. Um, he dealt with Terrell Owens. Yeah. You never heard shit out of T. Excuse me. You never heard anything out of T. O. Right. That you know, I mean, that was the quietest T.O. ever was. Yeah. Huh. That's interesting. Well, we'll see what happens. Um, okay, so let's uh, let's move on to team number four, Super Dan. Was this one of the guys you said you knew or no? No. Okay. So Super Dan went with the construction of three, six, seven, 
two and two, so that's pretty balanced. Um, he's he took Drake into third, which is kind of on the the later side of where you see him taken, but still, um, yeah, his, his outcomes are sort of. He's one of those guys that can you have a high level of confidence um, of what he'll do, you know, following what he did at the end of last year. It's just kind of a question mark. Um, I'm not sure what Arizona's going to do. And Arizona, well, at, and if you look, he actually grabbed David Johnson in the eighth, so he's got potentially. I, you know, people talk about David Johnson leaving, but the, the contract that he has kind of discourages um, that from happening from, from what I've seen. Um, what do you think about what David Johnson's going to do? I don't know. I, I know he was hurt and that everyone is underestimating him right now um, because he was playing pretty, I mean, he's not what, he's never going to be what he was that one year. But I think he's more of a risk to Drake, even if Drake is, is signed there. Uh, in general, though, the Achilles heel of this team is it's not bad to go to tight end, but going Jared Cook and Vance McDonald at tight end. Uh, I know Ben's coming back, but that's that's the uh, and, and when you look at him taking Tannehill and Brady uh, and going three quarterbacks and uh, with those two quarterbacks, neither one of them are really spike week guys. Uh I mean, maybe Tannehill is with, uh, but I, I that that to me is you know going three quarterbacks and two tight ends, and 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 who he picked. Other than that, I really like his team. I mean, Cook, Drake, Connor, Johnson, and Madison are fabulous. Uh, and then he backed up Connor with Jalen Samuels. Uh, which I wouldn't have done, but especially in a tournament like this. But it's reasonable. I like the Paris Campbell and Michael Pittman kick picks. I think the uh, the the Chargers and the Redskins. If you're going to go two defenses that late, those are really good defenses to get there. I think you know this guy was very close to having a really good, and and he's got Cook and Madison. I, I think he's got a really good team here. And he just didn't finish. Yeah, so he took... He's basically got three running backs because he took the backup. You know, he took the handcuff for each one of those guys. He got, yeah, Cook, Madison, Drake, Johnson, Connor, Samuels. So, I mean, he was definitely intentional with what he did. Um, and the problem is that the chances of... Even if all three of them work ideally whatever you gain you're giving up a tight end and and, and uh, defense and wide and a little bit of wide receiver too so i yeah, right. i mean again i i think this is close to a very good team but you know i uh, <laughs> could have win a tournament if jared cook plays 16 games and and ever you know and is a top three tight end uh, which isn't completely out of the question, you know. This this is a team that could go a long way um, from a traditional. But but you you you're taking a big risk on the tight end position. Yeah, Vance as, as your number two is you know doesn't have much of a 
the ceiling, I think. Um, but the, the the three handcuffs, I mean, that's that's good for a, a, a confined best ball league. But you're basically you've you've given yourself three dead spots, I think. Um, yeah, it's as it, and and we see where <clears throat> where where it hurt yeah. him. I mean. You know, eighth round, um, you know, uh, I mean, he took Christian Kirk instead of Hunter Henry. I would have taken Hunter Henry. And then, you know, anyway, yeah, uh, it's, a, it's a good team, but I think we beat it to yeah. death. Okay. Uh, what, what, you know, where, where I would have done it differently. Okay. Um, let's move on to team five. Their construction was three, six, six. Three and two. That's, I think that's light on wide receiver, um, especially when you, the first receiver you took was in the sixth round. So um, Landry, Marquise Brown, Curtis Samuel, Golden Tate, Alshon Jeffrey, man. Uh, I'm no, sorry. We, we, that's we, yep. We're we're on team oh, five, right. and team five made oh, one no. one pretty uh, two big mistakes in my opinion. Other than that, it's a it's a really good draft. Yeah, Julio and Cooper, those are we talked about that. Those are obviously nice. Mac Mac and Carrion, Edelman and Hilton, Russell Wilson and Fant, Daryl Henderson and Pollard, and Kirk Cousins. Right up into that twelfth round, uh, fabulous draft, fabulous everything. Then he goes and takes a third quarterback, a guy who showed no spike last year in Jimmy Garoppolo. And and that and then he took a sixth running back in Raquel Armstead, and you know that's those those two mistakes are you know he's got two good defenses. Uh, I don't love his third tight end, um, and and then you got Trey. I, I think Conley in the twentieth round is a fabulous pick. Um, yeah. But th- this this was a te- another one of those teams that was. He, I love the people he chose, but pos- this is where a roster. You know, if he had kept to good roster construction, he'd he'd even have a better team. Um, when you look at Garoppolo, he could have taken, um, and he took Dur- Garoppolo over Sam Darnold, uh, and he took him over Cam Newton. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, no. And then, you know, he came back with Ebron in the 14th, which is good. 15th and 16th round defense, which is uh, early, but he got two good ones. But when you, you know, like, uh, you know, I wouldn't have let James Washington go a couple of those rounds. Alshon Jeffries, another guy uh, who, you know, went in that range yeah, I'm kind of down on on Alshon. I don't know yeah, with this list Frank injury. When's he going to play? I mean, that that's just I've I'm kind of fading him altogether so far this year. Um, I it's really kind of you know I'm a Philly guy. I don't know what this wide receiver core is gonna gonna look like. Um, Deshaun, I don't have a lot of confidence in Alshon. It's another it's another Antonio Brown possibility. Oh, that would be beautiful. Um, but you know, yeah. I mean, they, they, they Jeffrey Lurie's definitely open to that. Um, you know, because he dealt with it with Andy Reid was there, and, and with 
you know, dealing with uh, Owens and Vic. So he's got a, a history of maybe... And because they do have such a need, obviously they're going to maybe be a little more open to doing that. Um, but we'll see. So, but he did grab... So he's got three of the cuffs. He's got Daryl Henderson, Tony Pollard, and, and, and Armstead. So, although maybe he maybe screwed up with the construction a little bit. I mean, those, one of those guys hits, that, that could benefit him, so... Um, he, he's got a, you know, if Kamara comes back and plays like Alvin Kamara, um, and then you got Kerryon Johnson, who I think is a good value in the fifth round, Marlon Mack in the fourth round, good value. I mean, I don't like Edelman much this year if Brady's not going to be there. Uh, I love Hilton in the seventh, Russell Wilson in the eighth, Fant in the ninth, Henderson and Paul. I'm telling you, if he just hadn't taken Jimmy Garoppolo... <laughs> And had, you know, finished this. This is a really good team that that just, he screwed up Ross. I, I just don't understand what he was thinking taking a third quarterback there. But that's yeah. just me. I mean, that's just one pick. So I don't know that it will totally sink him. It's not like. Uh... No, it won't sink him. But again, it's it, where, where are your weaknesses? You know, who could you have taken there? And when you look at that team, one, two, three, four. They've got six wide receivers, and they don't have one. Uh, the la and then and two of them are nineteenth and twentieth round guys. You know the, the, that that that's a screaming spot for a wide receiver. Yeah. It, it would have been nice to take another shot at, at a guy there, especially in the thirteenth. That's when you see a lot of those rookies, uh, Jalen Rager, Henry Ruggs. I I I would have taken James Washington. Yeah. Oh well. I mean, I I I, I mean. James Washington, that 15th round, that's a sin. His loss is my gain, <laughs> so it worked out for me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is. It's a sin. You know, he's a, he's a perfect best ball wide receiver. Right. Yeah, okay. All right, so uh, let's look at team six. Two, five, seven, three, two. Oh, I'm sorry, two, five, seven, three, three. He went three defenses. Um. Which which is the which is which is what you're supposed to do. Um, I'm not saying you have to, but um, you know. But t to me, you know, I don't see anyone winning this tournament with Lamar Jackson at quarterback. How's that? Hmm. Well, we'll see what happens. I guess. Um... Uh, I just you know, I mean, Lamar Jackson had um, a 20 percent win rate last year with. You know, probably a career year, and and then he mixed in. In other words, what I don't like about this team is he's got Lamar Andrews and Marquise Brown, and he overpaid for all three of them. So he stacked last year's best team. Right. Yeah. At a premium price. At a premium price. So that 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 could definitely, yeah, that the odds of of that happening again are probably not great. Um, and then if you're going to go three defenses, I mean, he, but his first, he spent like, he had, he drafted the first defense. So he paid the premium price for San Fran. That's a case where if I'm paying the premium price for one, that's even less of a reason for me to, to go three defenses in my mind. Well, well, that was my next point. And, and that, and that, that, that's exactly what I was talking about earlier where roster construction is only half the game. He, he took three defenses, which is fine, but never be the guy who takes last year's defense in the 13th round. Yeah. 
Yeah. It, it, it just, I mean, 90% of the time it doesn't work out. I mean, last year Chicago was the team. Everyone was drafting in the 13th. You can have them now in the 17th. The year before Jacksonville was the team. Everyone was drafting sometimes in the 10th, 11th round. Um, yeah, so drafting three defense is fine. Drafting any defense in the 13th round, next. Yeah. Okay. And, and compounding that, you know, that compounded the Lamar Jackson in the second. Yeah, he'll probably want to do over on this team. And then he got Hayden Hurst in the final round. He's got both Baltimore tight ends. Um, well, I think Hurst might be on the move. And I think that that's actually, I actually like that. Okay. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, in, in a vacuum. Yeah, and like I said, with any of these teams, it's kind of, you, you can't have a definitive expectation of what will happen. There's so many unknowns. Um, so we'll see. Yep. Okay. All right. Let's move on to Team 7. They uh, Three quarterbacks, five running backs, seven, three, and two. So that is along the lines of a, a solid construction. Now he went very well, – this guy, he went very top-heavy with the running backs. Aaron Jones, Eckler. Lev Bell and Montgomery. Now, what, where's, what's your position on Austin Eckler? Um, I'm, I'm fading in the second round. Sorry. Not paying up for him. Yeah, because he's definitely going no. early this year. With uh, No, and, and, and I get why. Um, but uh, he, he's, he's a fade for me. I, I will have very little Austin Eckler in the second round. There's way more scenarios where I see him not being worth it, then I see him paying it off. And I just, I think he's being drafted at his ceiling. I, I just, yeah, it could be, it could be, but it's not something I'm going to have a lot of. It kind of presumes he'll have the lion's share of the work for the charges. And we don't really know what's, you know. Imagine how good that team would look if he'd had Aaron Jones, Julio, Galladay, Bell, Montgomery, McLaurin, Slayton, I'm not a big Crowder in the eighth fan, and I'm not a big Cooks in the ninth fan because of the injuries. But um, Preston Williams in the 11th, I think, is a very solid pick. Um, I like his fifth running back. He got Justin Jackson to go with Eckler. I think that that that's a kind of uh, backing up that I think is worth it. Um, I don't really see the Tua Tagovailoa pick as a third quarterback, but you know, instead of a third defense. But, you know, again, if you, uh, I just don't see too many scenarios. Quarterbacks in, in general, you need spike week quarterbacks. It's really hard to see a rookie throwing quarterback um, giving you that kind of uh, ceiling that you would want right. for best. Plus ball. there's question marks about, you know, what's his status going to be for, he may not even play for, you know, who knows how long. Um, yeah, I, I, I think this guy didn't have a good draft spot, ended up with a a, a decent team, but uh, it's a second, you know, it, it's, he, I think O.J. Howard in the 12th, Darnold and Wentz are two, you know, reasonable quarterbacks. Knox is second. Eh. Yeah, it's just, uh, it's, it, there's a couple decent spots uh, I think Lev Bell in the fourth and Galladay where he got him in the third is outstanding. Uh, but uh, next. Yeah. Okay. All right. So team eight, 
They went two, five, eight, three, and two. Um, now I thought Kittle. He took George Kittle. To me, that's like an FFPC pick. That seems kind of early um, to be taking a tight end in a BB10. I personally, I kind of fade the the premium tight ends in this format. Um, you know, I'll, that in FFPC, I'll, I'll spend early picks on them, but in this format, I, I usually go for like you saw, I go for some of the. Um, second tier guys and, and let the let the optimizer do the work for me um so yeah this team is one of those anything can happen but just in reviewing the draft i think this is one of the weakest he started out by getting a gift getting michael thomas thomas at pick yeah. eight um and then i don't even hate the kittle pick i mean i would have taken julio personally but um, I, I don't have any problem with the Kittle pick. Uh, Cooper Cup in the third, uh, not great value. Mark Ingram in the fourth, okay. Philip Lindsay in the fifth, okay. Raheem Mostert in the sixth, okay. But why all three of them? You know, I mean, it's just, and that's the problem with, not, you know, not starting out with, uh, now, if Mostert plays like he did at the end of last year, and if uh, Kyle Shanahan doesn't fall in love with somebody else, uh, but he is betting a lot on, I, I just don't think these running backs are going to get, the rest of the team isn't strong enough to hold up the weak running backs. Yeah, I mean, it could be very well that maybe one of those, those three produces um, on a consistent basis for him. So, but that's a risk you take by waiting until the fourth round to... Uh, to grab your running backs. Um, the next team is asinine. <laughs> and, and and as I went through and I kept saying, I like this team, I like this team, I like this team. Uh, team 8, I, I think this is an awful draft. Um, Patrick Mahomes in the third. I'm, I'm just not drafting him there. Uh, Gordon, we don't know where he's going to land. Waller. They're going to add some weapons. Gallup is being drafted like, uh, like Cooper is gone. You know, you you uh, you know when he might not be. And then if you draft Mahomes in the third, you're going to back him up with Kyler Murray in the seventh. I mean, yeah. Uh, next, nice. just oh yes, uh, C. D. Lamb, Lavisca Chenault in the ninth and eleventh, Zach Moss in the twelfth. Jamal, uh, yeah, I hate. He was really team. throwing darts. <laughs> he just <laughs> oh, just from his ass. <laughs> I, I'm sorry to be that negative. If you're the person who drafted uh, this team and you actually find a way to hear yeah. this, um, the guy who uh, <laughs> the guy who benefited from his stupidity, uh, Team Ten. Uh, I I I don't see passing on Nick Chubb for Tyreek. Um, I, I, you know, I look at Nick Chubb. Oh, wow. Ugh. So he went Tyreek and then Devon. So it, this to me looks like he he, he went with a specific I, I, approach. It, it, I would have taken Chubb, but because, I, I mean, to me, Chubb is my probably, you know, if I'm drafting for a 350 league tomorrow, Nick Chubb's probably my the third pick in the draft for me. 
Um, you know, with Hunt probably not back and a better offense, and I just and if they get the offensive line fixed, I I love Nick Chubb this year. Um, but I, I like Tyreek. I like I really like the Hill, Adam Sutton, Ertz, Debo, Parker start. But then Kareem Hunt, Cam Akers, Royce Freeman, Matt Breida, and Nahi Mines. I mean, there's just nobody there who has the ups. Yeah, he, he, he I, you know, and that's the problem with zero running back. People just think, well, zero running back is taking later running backs. There's a certain profile of guy you're looking for, and I don't know that he's got him. Yeah, so, you still got to fill those two roster spots every week, and I mean, with what he's got, well, it, it's you're looking for guys who either catch a lot of passes or guys who have a chance to take over. So he took Kareem Hunt and Cam Akers ahead of Tony Pollard and Madison. I, I mean, we don't we have no idea if Akers is even going to be an early pick. He might be. Uh, Hunt, we don't even know if he's not going to get suspended. Royce Freeman, you know, even if uh, even if uh, Lindsey goes down, as Royce Freeman showed that he can be the guy and. He hasn't. Matt Breida has two guys ahead of him. Naheem Hines has, you know, I don't think if, uh, I think Naheem Hines is okay, but if if Matt gets hurt, is Naheem Hines going to take over? Probably not. So that's not, if you're going zero running back, you have to profile certain types of running back, and this guy didn't. And then to, to throw gasoline on the fire, he took three quarterbacks, you know, did he need to take Drew Locke there? I mean, um, and then he took the, th- the three yeah. defenses. So, I think Cam Newton is your second quarterback. And I said this about Andrew Luck the year he came back. It, you know, if you if you draft a Cam Newton in fifteen percent of your leagues, your your leverage on Cam Newton is the other eighty five percent of your teams that don't have him. So don't draft, you know, you're, you're counting on this team that Cam Newton is healthy. Because if he's not, you're probably not going to win. Right. So, you know, is Drew Locke going to help you win if Cam Newton is hurt? No. If Cam Newton is healthy with Stafford, how many times are you going to use Locke? Very few. Um, so, again, there's just some certain basic rules that people think they understand that they don't. Right. Well, <laughs> one less team to worry about. I mean, so it really, it's only like maybe three or four teams that we seem to have liked so far. Um, yeah, and that's what, and, and that's why we liked them so much because there were three or four teams that were really yeah, bad. So that the values are falling elsewhere. Not that that team is really bad. Um, well, I like the tight I ends, Arts and Gesicki. I, oh, <laughs> oh yeah, and I love the wide receivers, but the chances. You know, again, I don't know, you know, again, Drew Locke or do you take a, a sixth running back? To me, I, you know, I'm taking A.J. Dillon there, uh, you know. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's uh, I think this is a team that screams I need six or seven running backs and they only took five. And like we said at the beginning, the, the planets are going to have to align for you to win this thing. And 
with with the way he kind of constructed it. He doesn't even have a solar system kind of put together to to even make that a possibility. I think. Um, you know, look, everyone has a plan until they get hit in the face. Mike Tyson said, <laughs> "This guy had a plan until the the sixth round." And, you know, and, and he built a good team through six rounds. I wouldn't have taken Devontae Parker there, um, you know, but that's not a bad pick either. But, you know, he just didn't finish. Yeah, he could. I mean, Deontay, Deontay Johnson, when you've got those five wide receivers, you do really need Deontay Johnson. You know, I, anyway, enough on yeah. this team. Okay. All right. Team 11. Um what do they got? They got three, four, eight, three, and two, and they have they got a, a pretty. Well, the first three picks are pretty. I, I kind of like um, Juju this year to come back, although that is a bit early uh, for him. Damien Williams into fourth. Three twelve is not early for him. For 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 Juju, not not, not in not in this uh, system. Let me bring up my uh, my best ball ADP. I'm taking a mid third. In a bunch of I got him at four four for his ADP hmm. for BB ten. Interesting. Yeah. Well, the big mistake I think this guy made was taking Fournette over Devonte. Um, I mean, you, you got you got an absolute gift with Chubb, and then you come back and take Fournette over Devontae Adams? That makes no sense to me. Fournette is a guy that I think is going way too early. Uh, the chances that the that he's as involved as he was last year, I think, are small. That being said, I think this guy has a lot of great picks. Damian Williams in the fourth, Calvin Ridley in the fifth, Thielen in the sixth. Cole in the seventh is too early for me. Mike Williams in the eighth is good. Um... And then I, I just don't get some of the rest of what yeah, he did. A, ADP but. on Miko is eight twelve, so he he kind of yeah he was too horny for yeah, Miko. He, he needed to have him. Uh, so, but uh, I, I like Goddard and Ian Thomas. Chase mm-hmm. um, Sternberger in the sixteenth. He probably could have gotten him in the nineteenth. Trubisky, you know, you wait and get Trubisky. But I will say this. When you look at Juju, Ridley, and Thielen, those are three great guys that you should be able to count on every week. It, it, you know, if if things go right, and then me, Cole, and Mike Williams are really high upside guys. Uh, Rager and Ruggs are high upside guys. I just think he waited too long for his second quarterback. I, I mean, I like Ray. You know, I. I just think that you've got to take well, 13. Now they were all off the board. I think you got to take Brady there instead of, uh, yeah, I mean, Tr- Trubisky, we don't even know if he's going to start. Yeah. They're talking about bringing and, a competition for him. Um, and, and same thing with De- uh, Derek Carr. Right. So um, well, he's got, I mean, his I, receivers, he, he might have the best receiver crew of anybody in the draft. I mean, with the potential upside for these guys. With Chubb. Yeah. I mean, again, he, he just didn't finish. He, you know, and this is where having an understanding of rock and, and this, you know, a lot of this could be because it was a one minute draft and you're making these decisions really quick. 
But, uh, you know, uh, one of the themes of this, and, and this is where a guy who really knows what he's doing can take advantage of these one-minute drafts because, because guys seem to lose sight of the combination of roster construction along with um, the type of people that you're putting in that construction. Yeah, th- that's a good point. Um, this is a different animal than a slow draft where you can kind of sit back and really analyze what you're doing, survey the, the landscape of the other teams. One minute, you just you got to fire. And so the more drafts that you do, you almost build up like a muscle memory of, of firing these things off. You know, what, what, where do I draft the players in a certain position? Um, it's, it's repetition. So, and I, this was the first live draft that I've done all year. So uh, I, I did. Con- Makes me want to do the the nine o'clock tonight. Well, and, and to, I mean, if you want an edge, I mean, you can go sign up for the draft, and then once you get in there, you can see who the other players are, and then you can leave the draft as well. I mean, I don't know that people actually do that or not, but you can see who the other on- owners are once you've signed up for the draft, and you can leave it. You know, if if there's too many sharks in there, but um, that's you know that's an option for um. But I think they're they're is it just one a night? I don't think they're filling quite a, a, a great deal of these. There's one scheduled. Okay. Night. I don't think any others are going off the board. Okay. Yeah. So, but you know, hop in there. Ten bucks. You know, <laughs> it's 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 do a draft or get a sandwich or something. I don't know. So, but you know, you gotta take your shots with these. He's like, hey, you live in Philly. I, I I'd be tempted to get the sandwich. <laughs> a lot of good cheesesteak options. <laughs> <laughs> I'd never, I'd never friggin' draft if I was Philly. If that was my choice. You'd be at Larry's all the time. You're getting the, getting oh, the belly filler. Nice. Okay. Well, we got um, we got one last team here, Team Twelve. They went to next two six seven, <laughs> two six seven, three and two. Um, it's actually not a bad team. I mean, it's the. It's a tough spot to draft from, but there's so many better teams in this thing. Yeah. And his two quarterbacks are Ryan and Fitzpatrick. Wow. I mean, was was that like a joke that he drafted Ryan and Fitzpatrick? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I drafted Ryan Fitzpatrick. Really? Literally. What round? Well, I drafted Ryan in the eight, ninth, and I drafted Fitzpatrick in the 17th. But you said you drafted Ryan Fitzpatrick. I did. It was like an Abbott and Costello. Movie. Yeah. So, Gurley in the third. What do you think about Gurley this year? I mean, because if you look at what he at the end of the year, he ended up producing, but it was it was a lot of tight uh, touchdown production um, that kind of elevated his numbers. I think I'm not sure. I haven't drafted him yet, but three twelve is fine. Um, they showed that they want to give him the ball if he's on the team, but now they're talking about not wanting him on the team. But uh, I don't think they can cut him, I, you know, and, and compete. And they're a team that's built to compete. So I think he's going to be there. He's going to be the starter. I, and that's why Daryl Henderson of the of the four guys, you know, Pollard, Madison. I, I've got Pollard and Madison as guys who can pay off ADP. I've got, uh, without anything happening, I, I don't see where anything has really changed for Justice Hill or for Daryl Henderson. Um, I mean, I, and, and I, I think I like Hend- and I, I drafted all four of those guys last year. But, you know, the chances, unless Mark Ingram gets hurt, he's going to be the 1A. 
And, you know, if, if, if Ingram goes down, I think you're going to have a one, a one B, you know, I think Gus Edwards and, uh, and justice Hill, it, it, you know, flip a coin to see which guy's going to be the guy. So, so that's his RB five. So, that, you know, he's taking his James White. James White in the seventh without Tom Brady there. Possibly, I mean, eh. yeah, there's a lot of you're rolling the dice with all these Patriots this year. Um, yeah, I, I don't like this guy's draft. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I I just don't. I'm not saying that you know he you know he could have done that all that much better. Right. Uh, based on who was available there, but nothing's really jumping out. I, oh, I like Allen Robinson in the uh, you know in the at four one, uh, five twelve DJ Shark. Eh. I don't like Austin Hooper. I think he's the most over uh, valued tight end on the board right now. He's being drafted like he's still going to be in Atlanta, uh, he, and he's going from the ideal situation to a situation we don't know. Uh, uh, you know, I haven't watched Jerry Judy's tape yet, but it's hard to get too excited about a, a, an eighth-round rookie wide receiver when you don't know his spot. And, uh, yeah. yeah. All right. I mean, it's it's not a terrible team. Would I be shocked if this team came in fourth or fifth? No. Would I be shocked if it won? Yeah. yeah. Like, where the, where is that going to come from? So, um, kind of a question mark. All right, so uh, well, I appreciate you going through this with me. Um, it was fun. It helped me to crystallize some of my own thoughts and how I want to do these. Yeah, and it, you know, like you said, maybe there's opportunity to jump in right now because if if, if these many people are kind of not, not uh, performing well in these drafts, um, there there could be opportunity. And it's the best. The best thing was that. I had done a few of these drafts without, you know, I'm, I think people know I'm going through a divorce. I just bought a new business. You know, my head hasn't been where it needs to be. And, and you inviting me on this pod made me think about how I would want to do right. this. And now I'm, because I have a plan, I feel motivated to actually do something. Yeah. And it took like, it only took me, I think it was this draft lasted an hour and 15. So it wasn't that long of a. An exercise no. to go through, which is nice. No. Just like you said. They, they they do a good job with. Uh, uh, are you liking the the new live format for FFPC? Um, the sixty seconds. I haven't actually done it yet. Um, so I usually wait a little bit later. It's a bit it just and because they're not filling on a regular basis, I I, I really have to plan when to do those ahead of time. Um, I'm not one to kind of jump in in the last minute with those, especially because they take a little bit longer with the 28 rounds, you know, with a couple hours of time. Yeah, we, we, we need to do a uh, an FFPC show. Yeah. So, um, we'll have to, you know, maybe the Slim, try a Slim. They have live Slim leagues, but we'd have to probably rally the troops to get people to do it because um, they've only, I think they've only even filled two uh, of the slow slim leagues so far. Um, so they're not really picking up yet, but we'll see. Like we were talking earlier, if, if they're possibly doing a tournament, that's going to be the format that they're going to have it in is, is, you know, with the 18, uh, 
rosters or 18, 18 uh, positions. Um, yeah, I, I, I w you know, I'll beat the dead horse. I wish that, uh, I wish that, uh, they had gone 20 rounds. Um, but I, I understand why they didn't. Yeah. You, you want people to, to be doing as many drafts as possible and two less rounds means less time to do a draft. And I think they're trying to approximate that draft experience as much as possible. But even then, they're going to have to go to 30 seconds a pick um, to truly, um, you know, match that experience. And I don't know that their app is there yet. The, the draft app was just, I mean, it was almost effortless for people to kind of, people were doing multiple drafts at the same time in many cases. I, I love I love FFPC, but their app uh, needs work. Yeah. So, well, they, they know that. Um, and they're working on it. But, you know. Hey, that's good. They're, uh, you know, they, they seem like they're being more aggressive. And I, I, I just believe that people should stay true to their DNA. And one of the things, the, the DNA to uh, me of um, FFPC is the extra rounds. And they could have went 20. It wouldn't have taken that much longer to do a 20-round draft. You know, you just said you did a 20-round draft in an hour and 15 minutes uh, for fanball. Uh, I, I just think that, uh, you know, without defenses or kickers and 20 rounds, you know, especially for a tournament where you're trying to find those guys who are going to differ. It's just is, it's a lot easier to differentiate. Um, and they they haven't announced it yet, so maybe there's a chance they still will. Yeah. So eh, we'll see. Okay, well I'm going to end the stream now, Todd. Um, hang on a second. I want to talk to you afterwards, just real quickly. And I appreciate sure. you doing this. So I'm going to shut this off, and um, maybe we can do this again with, uh, like you said, an FFPC draft. Thanks, man. Awesome. You got it.